But before we start, I would like to ask you, please introduce a little bit about yourself. First of all, I appreciate you, Queens, for inviting me to your podcast. So I'll be more than happy to share whatever I know regarding IELTS with you and so that our students can uh, get most out of it. So let me first introduce myself. My name is Roshna Iqbal and I'm from Kerala, which is a tiny part of God's, you know, God's country, India. And I have been in the field of IELTS training and as well as spoken English coaching for the past two, three years. And it's my passion, I would say, and I really love it. I love sharing information with my students, helping them crack the exam and achieving their dreams of settling abroad. So I'm really happy to be here on this platform. So I am hoping that I get to learn a lot of a lot from you as well and from your audience and from your students as well. So hoping that we would have a great time sharing knowledge with each other. Sure, sure. Thank you so much for joining us. So I've been talking to a few people and I've been you know, discussing a lot of topics about IELTS and there's one very hot topic, okay, that everybody is interested in. And uh, somehow there are still a lot of mysteries in this topic, which is IELTS speaking. Of course. I know that, you know, I know that it's because a lot, a lot of my uh, students struggled and also like a lot of my followers on TikTok and Instagram asked about IELTS speaking and they have a lot of questions. So I'm just going to deliver the questions to you. I know that you've been teaching IELTS for quite some time and you've been, you lived abroad and you used English on a daily basis. So we hope that we can, you know, tackle a little bit like some issues over here today. So the first question that I got from my followers is that they really want to know how long they should speak for one question in part one in the IELTS speaking. Okay. So that's definitely a very interesting question. So mostly within part one, we have at least two different sets of questions. And they would almost amount to maybe 12 number of questions or it could be somewhere between 6 to 12 number of questions. So it can vary depending upon your answers and your pace of talking as well. So what I would recommend is not focus more on the length of how much you are talking but more on how many sentences that you are using. So what I mostly ask or suggest my students to do is speak for at least maybe 3 to 4 sentences for part 1. And again, the time that you take for speaking or responding to a particular question varies from person to person, right? Maybe your mode of speaking will be very fast that you will cover those three to four sentences within maybe 60 seconds. But if it is someone else, they will take more time. So I suggest that you at least respond in three to four sentences for part one. Okay, so basically the length of the answer is not really doesn't really matter, right? So the yeah, number of yes. and the number of sentences would matter more. Yes, yes. Okay. The more so, content that um, you have inside within those sentences, that's what matters more. Especially because we can't predict that a person's pace of talking is similar to someone else. Uh, what are your thoughts on okay. this? Okay. So I think it's a really good thing. I've never thought of that, you know, because I often tell my students that, see, speak too fast. Mm -hmm. But don't speak too slow, like, you know, yeah. like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like that. So when you speak, so I often tell my students that don't speak too long mm -hmm. also, because the, the longer, the, the more you say, the more you speak, the more mistakes you might make. Mm -hmm. And when you make mistakes, of course, you lose some points and you don't get mm -hmm. the score you would like to get. So that's what I often tell my students and also my followers. But I think your point of view is quite interesting mm -hmm. because it does really uh, up to, uh, it does really build, uh, de depend on your speed of speaking. Yes. Basically, yes. I am actually a, a fast speaker. Mm -hmm. So I speak fast, even yeah. in my language or in English, it doesn't really matter what kind of language I'm yeah. speaking, but I guess it really makes sense that how many sentences you should put in. Yes. So you are talking about two, three to four sentences. Yeah? Yes. Yes. And to be honest, as an added thought, I would say that the length of your answer is the least of your worry because if suppose mm -hmm. you are speaking at length, then the examiner will skip to the next question. They will interrupt you and continue Correct. to the next question. In fact, they have a time limit, right? For the part when the time limit mm -hmm. is four to five minutes, they don't even take one mm -hmm. second or minute more than that. So they'll try to mm -hmm. cover the questions within that time. So it's not your worry how long you speak or not. The point that you have to remember is not speak too less, but not to speak a lot as well for part three. 
So it should be somewhere in between a moderate amount, depending upon your pace of speaking. So sometimes a person can speak just two sentences and within that itself, they'll be covering that time period and the examiner will go to the next question. And at the same time, even the quality of your answer matters more. That's what I feel like if, if your answer, even if it is in two or three sentences, if the quality of it is much more, then they'll definitely go to the next question and ask you that. So you'll, you will still be able to gain a better score. And even if you don't okay. speak a lot, it will up your score. Okay. So focus more on it's, quality. Okay. Okay. So basically it's like the quality of the, yeah, of your yeah. answer. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. That That's a very good point actually, because I think that a lot of people should focus on the quantity. Yeah. You know, so, okay, I have to answer more questions. I have to yeah. talk faster. I have to talk yeah. more, but basically if your answers are just very low in quality, you don't really get a high score. Yeah. Right. That is great. So would this advice also apply to part three? Because I know that in part three, we need to express our opinion on a certain topic. And do you think that this advice would also apply to part three? Not really. Some of it applies to part three. For example, focusing more on the quality does apply, but quantity also matters much more in part three. You're supposed to speak a little bit more, expand your answers, add more details, maybe give few examples and explain your reasons for your answer within the part three. So even if you're not doing the same, the examiner might prompt you to do the same. Like they may mm -hmm. ask, can you give me an example of the same? Or they may ask like, why do you think that is? Why do you think your opinion on this particular topic is so and so? So even if you don't give an explanation, they will definitely ask. But I would say definitely don't give them a chance to ask that question. Give right away your explanation, reasoning and examples within your answer. So I would say the length of your part three matters a little bit more. Maybe you can answer within six or eight sentences, again, based on the, you know, pace of your talking. But if you cover maybe within six sentences, you are covering your opinion. If you're covering your reasons of saying why you are saying so, why your opinion is so and so. And if you're even giving an example within that time period, the examiner will not even ask you a further question on that. They'll move to the next question within the script. That's what I feel. So definitely mm -hmm. quantity matters within part three than part one. But at the same time over there, you need to cover more points, more details. Details are mm -hmm. what they're looking for. Because when you speak with details, your language will be assessed a little bit more. That's what I feel like. Especially when you're maybe going into an example, you're describing something. Then a lot more of your words that are within you and that whatever you have learned will be put to more usage over there. So mm -hmm. then they'll be able to analyze how your fluency is, how your vocabulary is and all other aspects of your speaking criteria that the examiners are looking for within your answers. So that's what I think. Oh, yeah, I think it's a very good point. Yeah. So I actually have, I have read a few posts online mm -hmm. of people, you know, like, you know, when you go online, you see a lot of sample ex uh, sample answers mm -hmm. of people giving yeah. out the questions mm -hmm. and then they give like uh, sample answers. Mm -hmm. Even though I think it's a good way to learn, but normally you tend to write more mm -hmm. yeah. than you speak, right? Yeah. So when I read the answers, I'd be like, isn't it too long? Yeah, right? uh, even so I because, the same. Because it's like this much, you yeah. know? So I think that it's not really about... So when I teach... I often tell my students, okay, in the beginning, maybe you can write down your answers, okay? Mm -hmm. But after you write it down, you should read it aloud to see whether it fits your speaking style or yeah, not. Because definitely. you tend to write long and more than what you speak. So I, that's why I think that a lot of people, when they go online, because they don't have any teachers, especially people who are self-studying, mm -hmm. they, they read a lot of samples, they, they read a lot of advice and they they get confused mm -hmm. you know whether how much i should speak for part one how much i should speak for part three as a result a lot of people had and also a lot of people give different opinions right yeah. so well, that's why they get a little bit of confusion over here mm -hmm. but i agree with you i strongly agree with you that in part three you need to speak a little longer than part one with more condensed yes. kind of language yeah and also you should be showing off your english a little bit yeah. more and that's why part three is a little bit more difficult than part one and part two, I guess. Yes, yes, yes. Especially when yeah. you, but I kind of feel there is a lot more fun in part three. Mm -hmm. Somebody is willing to ask you your perspective on things. How many chances mm -hmm. do you get every single day to at length on a particular topic, <laughs> especially from your point That's of view? True. So I think it's a lot fun. 
that you can express mm-hmm. your opinion like somebody's there to listen to your answer your point of view and and i i think at the same time there is a confusion i have read somewhere and just since we were discussing the topic it came to my mind i have heard that some people think that if they have a very different perspective or point of view from the from the examiner's point of view Mm-hmm. then it could lead to like affecting their scores so that's exactly what i uh, also i am also thinking about because this is a really fun uh, topic to talk about because when you talk about your opinion it's like okay so what if the examiner doesn't agree with me yeah. what if he doesn't <laughs> like my opinion what doesn't like my idea i'd be like okay so what <laughs> yeah because they are seeing thousands of people on a regular basis they are examining many mm-hmm. people on a regular basis and none of them are going to have almost the same perspective it will be different answers and that is why we can never have scripted answers or one single answer for ielts as well like each person will have right. a different point of view and a different answer and all the answers are valid in some way or the other as long as you are sticking mm-hmm. to a lot of you know technicalities of language as well as in grammar i'm talking about other than that you can have many different sorts of answers you can answer the same question in a different way and even if the examiner questions your point of view sometimes they do that right they bring about a point of view that is different from our own and will try to test you a little bit on the scene even if that happens you justify your point of view and stick with it if possible or you can agree to the examiner as well if you feel like you can agree to the statements and still uh, you know have a middle ground somewhere uh, stick with the middle ground where you agree to them but at the same time you have your point of view as well so i don't think mm-hmm. it really matters whether you agree or not to them because that's what not that's not their purpose their purpose is to analyze your language it doesn't matter if you have a very different correct. point of view right correct correct yeah. and also it is impossible to know what they have it's in a- mind it's impossible to know what they really <laughs> believe in right yeah so yeah. how are you going to make sure that they agree with you right so it's I think it's more like an asian style of thinking mm-hmm. i'm from vietnam right so mm-hmm. in asia we don't tend to disagree with the teachers And, and our parents we, we don't want to you know, get into the bad books that's why <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true so that's why it's kind of it gets into uh, our minds that okay what if they don't agree with us they're mm. going to deduct our score and it's going to affect our score but i can tell very frankly and very confidently that it's not the case okay mm. it's not the case at all so it doesn't really matter what they believe in as long as you use good english mm-hmm. to express what you believe in and that's enough because ielts is for english mm-hmm. it's not the social knowledge test yeah. or whatsoever mm-hmm. right so it's better to just get it out of your mind at the moment like okay don't don't care about what they believe okay and mm-hmm. even i mean also in real life actually it's like that right so you all we all have our opinions about certain topics and we it is it happens that we don't agree with each other yeah Right. So it's why do we have to 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 entertain other people's opinion by agreeing with them, right? Okay. So that is part one and part three, and I would like to move on to talk about part two, which mm-hmm. is like a long talk ahead of us. So I, so when you get the the cue card, mm-hmm. right? So you get about two minutes. Get two minutes to speak. Mm-hmm. So the question is, if I don't speak. Mm-hmm. for two minutes mm-hmm. maybe maybe see, maybe maybe just one and a half one and a half mm-hmm. minutes mm-hmm. will it affect my score in your opinion no i don't think so so you can speak mm-hmm. the time limit as for my knowledge i feel like you can speak anyway between one to two minutes even if it is halfway uh, after one minute it's completely fine as long as you're covering all the hints that have been provided to you so there are a set of hints on the cue card right so you need to answer all of it At the same time, you need to answer the main question that has been given to you, the cue cue card question. So, if you're completing that within that limited amount of time, again, if you have a a, a very fast mode of speaking or pace of talking, then you would definitely complete it within less time, right? So, it's mm-hmm. not entirely necessary that you complete that two minutes of time. And again, we are not superhumans to know like whether it is exactly two minutes or has it crossed a little bit over two minutes or is it a little less than two minutes, right? the uh, if you exceed the 2 minutes time period definitely the examiner may interrupt you and uh, go on to the follow up questions but other than that if you are speaking only for one and around one minute and maybe 40 seconds also i think it's completely fine it doesn't affect your score much 
as long as you're covering all the hints and giving answers to everything and you are, ha you are having a structure to your answer. That's what I believe in. Okay, that is exactly what I agree with mm -hmm. because so the point is that when we receive the cue card, there is it's not a coincidence that you see the hints, you know? Yeah. It's not a coincidence. <laughs> it's not like they put it there, okay, you do whatever you want with that. Yeah. You okay. have to cover all the points. Yeah. And if you don't cover all the points within two minutes, mm -hmm. too bad, your score will be affected. It's not really about how long you speak, but you shouldn't speak too little. Like I, I had a student, so I told him that, okay, you need to cover all the points. And with each point, he gave one, one sentence. Okay. This, 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 this. Yeah. So three points, four points within just 30 seconds, yeah. he already finishes mm -hmm. all the, you know, all the points. And I said, it's not good enough because mm -hmm. you need to show off within two minutes. You need to show off your English. You need yeah. to show off your grammar, your vocabulary mm -hmm. and your pronunciation and everything. Right. So 30 seconds wouldn't be enough. Mm -hmm to do all that. Yes. So what I often tell my student is that, okay, you can cover all the points you're speaking in your answer, but if you still have time, maybe talk a little bit more about the, a related topic. Mm -hmm. If you still have time, if you mm -hmm. want to talk about mm -hmm. that. So you talk a little bit more about a related topic mm -hmm. and until the examiner stops you from doing your, from talking. Um, it doesn't really matter if he needs to stop you or if he c you can stop right before the, the time finishes, mm -hmm. but you need to show off your English. Yeah. So it's not, again, it's not really about the time. It's about how much English you use to answer the questions. Mm -hmm. So I think we are just, you know, people are just going into a maze thinking that, okay, I need to do this. I need to do that. And they forget about the fact that IELTS is about testing your English. Mm -hmm. It's not about testing how fast you can speak and how, you know, how, how much you, you know about the topic, right? Mm -hmm. So we just, for, you just tend to forget about, you know, English as a whole. Mm -hmm. We just focus too much on, you know, whether it is okay to speak like this, is it okay to speak faster or to speak slower, or you can, you know, like me speak in two minutes or not. Yeah. So I, I strongly agree with you in this topic. So we really need to focus more on our English, our language than the, the amount of time that we, we need to talk about this particular topic. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. That's the general information about the IELTS speaking part one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. Now we just go a little bit further into the topics mm -hmm. of the IELTS speaking exam. So it happens a lot that you get weird questions. You get the topics that you have absolutely no idea about. What should, what should I do if I have no idea about the topics that being asked? Okay. Over here, there are few, a couple of ways in which you can deal with the situation. So what I recommend my students is one is you can go for a straight, honest answer where you say that you don't know much about the topic, but you will try to answer it as per your best knowledge. And then you deviate to mm -hmm. a little bit of a further topic, which is somewhat connected to it, but not entirely relevant to it. All right. Because mm -hmm. sometimes we get a question. We know the answer to it on a general scale, but not very deep about it. Right. So in that case, what you could do is be honest about it and mention the same. But at the same time, you can say that what you know about is this and try to give an answer to that. For example, if it is a very foreign topic, such as artificial intelligence, and you don't know much about the topic. So what you could do is, uh, I'm not really aware of the particular topic on hand, but what I do know is regarding robotics and how a lot of scientists are putting a lot of effort into learning more about the same. And then you can give examples of the same and what you have read maybe in the news or maybe a video that you watched regarding robotics or maybe a cute robot on the internet. That could also be a fine mm -hmm. answer as long as you are not deviating mm -hmm. a lot from the topic uh, and you're somewhat mm -hmm. sticking to the topic at the same time. So one way is go mm -hmm. honest about it, but at the same time, give a brief idea about something related to the same topic itself and go into an explanation mm -hmm. of that. Because what the examiners are looking for is not entirely a knowledge on each and every subject, because I don't think mm -hmm. any individual can possibly be aware of all the topics. 
and at mm-hmm. the same they're not trying to test your general knowledge right it's not the gt that they are mm-hmm. testing they are testing whether even if mm-hmm. you are not aware of a particular topic are you still able to uh, comprehend the answer and and sorry comprehend mm-hmm. the question and give a valid reply to it using the vocabulary mm-hmm. that you have and the spoken english skill sets that you have or english communication skill sets mm-hmm. that uh, that you have that's what they're trying to see mm-hmm. not it's not rather the focus is not rather on the general knowledge because nobody will have to put you in the ielts exam i mean the us teachers would, would also not be aware of each and every topic in the world right so what mm-hmm. are your thoughts That's about true. it because i'm also curious to know i agree with you mm-hmm. so i agree that we should be honest uh, mm-hmm. about you know our knowledge just mm-hmm. say that we don't know much about this topic just give like some brief understanding about this topic for example mm-hmm. just like you said i don't know it. for example if you ask me anything about football or sports mm-hmm. in general i am not mm-hmm. a sport person mm-hmm. i don't even know the rules of sports mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i don't do any sports okay mm-hmm. so me neither that's so <laughs> we should actually we should it is good for help yeah, um that's so cool. in fact instead of say uh, instead of saying something that is irrelevant mm-hmm. okay forcing ourselves into answering the questions that we don't even have any idea about just be honest to mm-hmm. say that i am not a sport person and um when it comes to sport i really have no idea mm-hmm. what to say but i think doing sport is healthy and it mm-hmm. helps us improve our quality of life yeah. things like that yeah. right so again it's not really about what you know mm-hmm. it's really about how you say it yeah you know it's not it's not about how much you know because it's like you said nobody knows everything in the yes. world yeah. and nobody is is that knowledgeable mm-hmm. right if you were that knowledgeable you wouldn't be you wouldn't have to take ios you know yeah. <laughs> i mean i put you like there okay yeah right so i think that it's so people should stop thinking so much about mm-hmm. what they know and what they do not know yeah instead focus on the language focus mm-hmm. on improving their english mm-hmm. even even with saying i don't know mm-hmm. there are so many ways to say i yeah. don't know prove that we know english enough mm-hmm. to say i don't know right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's the part that i agree with you and mm-hmm. be honest and i do have this funny story that i mm-hmm. share with all of my students and everybody mm-hmm. laughed when i shared mm-hmm. to them mm-hmm. so i had this student mm-hmm. his english was good okay so i would say that he would get like 657 and mm-hmm. if he got a little lucky he would get 75 mm-hmm. in my opinion mm-hmm. Now in uh, he's not a reader. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like reading. So during during the IELTS speaking exam he got a question about reading. Mm-hmm. So the first question was like do you like reading books mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. And he told me that he thought if he said yes. Mm-hmm. It would in like show that he's a smart person. All right. He's a well-read <laughs> person. So yeah. he's 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 this he's that, okay? And he said yes. Mm-hmm. I I am a book nerd. I love reading books, and books is books are my life, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And of course, because he said yes, the examiner continued talking about books, mm-hmm. and he kept talking about books which he had absolutely no idea about. Mm-hmm. And then he told me that there was a question about his favorite book, mm-hmm. and out of nowhere, he said that I don't like reading books so much. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he lied from the beginning. <laughs> But after a few questions, he just showed his true self, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was like, the moment I said I don't lie reading so much, I know that I am effed up. Okay. Right. So he didn't. <laughs> You're going to pull yeah. up a lie, pull, pull it off like yeah. completely, like up until the very exactly. end. Don't give it up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's the thing that I often tell my students, okay, you can lie, okay? Mm-hmm. If you lie about your favorite color to be yellow because yellow was the only color that came to your mind at mm-hmm. that time, it's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. You lie to the end, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not like halfway through and then you just show your true self. It's mm-hmm. not okay. Mm-hmm. And it would affect the the co- coherence of, yes. your, of your answers, yeah. right? So because you are not consistent in your answer. Mm-hmm. And I noticed also another thing is that the examiners are very well trained and they are trained to identify whether you memorize the answers, answers or not. Yes. Right. So reading, walking, like sports, those are very popular questions. Those are very mm-hmm. popular uh, topics mm-hmm. in IELTS speaking. And of course, you prepared about that. Right? You mm-hmm. pre- prepare for the topics. 
that is why they are very well trained to identify mm -hmm. whether or not you are you memorize the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So if you lie, lie to the end. And if you show something inconsistent in mm -hmm. your in your answer, it might be a sign that you memorize their answers. Yeah. And that is a sin. Like it, it's a big sin. And there's no way back if they believe that yeah. you memorize the answer. And because there is absolutely no proof mm -hmm. for that. It's just their belief. And you can't just say that, okay, your belief is wrong, but no, no. In my opinion, that is mm. correct because you are inconsistent in your answers. So that's why I often tell my students and also all the followers and everybody that when you speak, when you answer the questions, just be honest. If you don't know, say you don't know. If you don't know much, say you don't know much because there are various ways to say you don't know in English. Yeah. And just by saying you don't know, you can't even get a higher score. Mm -hmm. You know, I have no idea. I have no clue. Things like mm -hmm. that. It is not. So be honest, even in real life, I think we should be honest, you know? Of course. Anyway, so I have another question for you. Yes. And I think it's a big question. So I have met, I have seen, I have talked to a lot of people who have taken IELTS. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, they tell me that they get 6.5 in speaking. Mm -hmm. And what they need is 7.0, 7, mm -hmm. uh, 7. Mm -hmm. that they don't know what they should do. Mm -hmm. to improve from 6.5 to 7. And I think it's very popular. The question is very popular because mm -hmm. somehow 6.5 is the kind of the cut-up line, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you don't try a little bit harder, you will not get 7. Mm -hmm. So what 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 should they do in case, in in this case, are they, they are having, they are at 6.5 and they want to get to 7. What yes. should they do? Okay, so I think ideally that what they should do is approach an ex a teacher or a tutor who can analyze mm -hmm. where exactly that they are mis making mistakes. So where exactly that they can improve on or work on or identify mm -hmm. it on their own itself, which I think would be a little bit mm -hmm. difficult because maybe if they have attempted the exam at least one or two times, then, and if they're mm -hmm. consistently getting 6.5, then they do need to rethink where exactly they're making mistakes. So first thing is identify which area that you lack in. Is it fluency mm -hmm. or is it vocabulary or is it the grammar part or is it something else? Uh, so one thing definitely I would ask students to work on is especially their confidence. Sometimes that is the mm -hmm. one thing that takes the backseat. Sometimes they focus too much on grammar or fluency or even vocabulary that they give zero importance to how confident you feel uh, will be or your language is a reflection of how confident you feel inside about the language, right? So I, they should get themselves or their language skills analyzed by an expertise person, such as a tutor, and get to understand which area they could work on and build the same and work on the same over time. And then sit for the exam without just going for the exam again and again, without just, you know, without mm -hmm. any sort of preparation, without seeing any considerable improvement, just going on and booking the exam date, which I think is a major mistake. So I think what mm -hmm. they will do is definitely find out or analyze or get someone to analyze where your skills are lacking and then focus on those mm -hmm. and work on it over time. Take your time. Don't be in a rush and then sit for the exam. That's the only way to finally get you to the next level because it takes some time to finally build that up. It's, it doesn't happen mm -hmm. within a matter of maybe weeks or so. It could take maybe months mm -hmm. and it could vary. The time period also mm -hmm. taken to improve varies from person to person. Mm -hmm. One person could have uh, already some linguistic skills and they would be mm -hmm. able to catch things a little bit more easily than another person. So all these things should yeah. be taken into consideration before wasting your money on another attempt. That's what I would say. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on this? I agree. So mm -hmm. preparation is very important, especially for IELTS, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean... Well, I think that the, the studying culture mm -hmm. varies uh, mm -hmm. from country to country. So, for mm -hmm. example, in Vietnam, where I'm from, people tend to be more, try to be more, mm -hmm. more well-prepared before mm -hmm. they take the first exam. It's like mm -hmm. the, even the first one, they would spend like months to mm -hmm. study before they take the exam. But where I am based right now, Qatar mm -hmm. is the place that I am mm -hmm. based right now in. People tend to approach me when they have like a week 
for uh-huh, yeah. maximum a month to practice. Yeah. So, and a lot of them would, a lot of them like came to me when they were already at 6.5 and they just wanted something to break through, mm-hmm. like to break the chain, to break the curse, to go mm-hmm. to seven. Mm-hmm. But they, they don't seem to find a way. That's why approaching the teacher is mm-hmm. always the last option for them, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that approaching the teacher should be or must mm-hmm. be the very first step that you should do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in case, I agree with you that in case that you are stuck, maybe get somebody to help you to identify your weaknesses and your mm-hmm. strengths, then you can work on it. And mm-hmm. also spend some time to practice. That's the most important thing. Uh, when it comes to any exam, it's not like just today you take and tomorrow you're going to, you, yeah. today you practice a little bit and tomorrow you're going to take the exam, right? So I remember like a year ago, I posted a video on TikTok and you know, it was like a trend video, but um, it was like, what was it about? It was like, um, what you can do to get a seven and above uh, in IELTS. Mm-hmm. And my answer is, it has to be, my answer is studying. Okay. Studying is the answer for you. That's the main idea of the video. Now, then I got just one person and I got this person commenting on, on the, uh, under that video saying that, oh, I did not study, but I got a nine in IELTS. Mm -hmm. Um, first of all, I don't know how, what, one second. Okay. So first of all, I don't know how legit that comment is. Maybe they got nine, maybe they didn't get. And then, but I was curious. Okay. And then I started to talk to them, you know, just by uh, commenting back and forth. And it turned out that that person went to an international school from Mm. a very young age. Secondly, they had, they had just graduated from high school when they took Mm -hmm. the exam. Right. Mm. And third, they were young. Right. So all the, 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 the elements combined in one, you can see that the person has a very good background, a very good foundation of English because they went to an international school from very young age. And secondly, they are used to studying because they had mm-hmm. just graduated from university, uh, sorry, from high school. That's why they are so used to it. And it's as a result, it was easier for them to take the exam. But the majority yeah. of us who like at the moment want to take the exam are working people. We don't mm-hmm. have time to practice. And maybe it was like 10 years ago, 10 years ago, you, you, you took an exam and you haven't taken any exam for 10 years, right? So that you should put everything into consideration. And that is the reason why when I see people saying that, okay, I didn't study and I got this score, I didn't study, but I still got high score in IELTS or even I see training centers and teachers guarantee that, okay, only in a month or only in three months, you're going to get this score. You're going to get 80, you're going to get nine. I don't really believe in that. You know, so I really need to talk about this issue to a lot of people, actually, because, you know, everybody wants a fast track to success, but just like everything else in life, you can get success if you don't try for it. And I know the reason why I put 6.5, the reason why people, people actually are struggling with 6.5 is that 6.5 is kind of a cutoff line, you know? So when you study, when you learn a language from zero, from like absolutely zero, until you get to 6.5, it's quite fast, to be honest. So I, I once tried to help a guy from zero English. He couldn't speak a word of English until he got like six in three months. Mm-hmm. Just, we just studied like some, you know, patterns of the exam and things like that. So 6.5 is a cutoff line. That's why you really need to practice a little bit more to get seven. That's my point of view. But, you know, in the world today we, ha- we live in, I don't think a lot of people will appreciate my advice about learning, like <laughs> practicing a little bit more because yes. everybody wants a fast track. Mm-hmm. But this is my honest, honest, honest uh, advice for everybody who would like to take the IELTS. Not only the speaking to another level, but like mm-hmm. the whole IELTS to another level. Practicing is the key. Yeah. And it's not really, it, it doesn't take like just one month, two months, three months, you know, because it, it varies mm-hmm. from people to people. And you really need to know who you are, where you are at in order to get it. And without knowing your weaknesses and your strength, it's quite difficult to reach to the next level.
That's what I believe. But I don't know if my uh, my advice would be like popular in the world or not because people might not like studying. <laughs> <laughs> but I right. say that that is the only way to go about it, especially not just uh, regular practicing, intentional practicing. So as to, you know, every day if you're attempting any particular part, whether it is reading, speaking, listening or writing, identify where you're making or where you're lacking, you know, where you're making a mistake mm -hmm. or lacking. Once you identify that, tackle it a little bit more, practice there a little bit more, find out different mm -hmm. ways of approaching the question. If it is a, if it is an unknown question or unknown topic within IELTS speaking, then how would you tackle that? So practice more mm -hmm. of such questions so that no matter mm -hmm. what type of questions you're getting, you're still able to speak on it uh, at length, I would say. Right. So mm -hmm. once you develop that skill, so that is intentional practicing. Once you develop that skill, I think, definitely your score would start improving. Mm -hmm. I strongly agree with that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think it's the common knowledge <laughs> between teachers, you yeah. know, so we all understand that. We don't know that. But the point is nowadays, it's like a market. It's like selling a service to people. Yeah. And some people, some training centers and some teachers are just saying what people want to hear. Yeah. They don't want to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. They just want to say what, what the, the students want to hear. Okay, you need one month to practice. Like yeah. that. So I got a lot, like every day I answer so many people. And I mean, like nine out of 10 people would ask me the same question. How much time do I need yeah. for practicing? Yeah. So that's, that's a, a common problem. That question. <laughs> Correct. And does it matter how much I try to make it public, like making videos, writing posts, People don't seem to watch, don't seem to understand, you know, mm -hmm. the same question will come the next day anyway. So uh, <laughs> just save it as a, like a safe reply. Yeah, yeah. That, that is also, I think because sometimes they see a lot of people getting, you know, great scores like eight, nine, etc., And they feel like it's very easy to achieve that. You know, like Correct. there is a notion. And even those people who have gotten that scores much easily because they come from a way privileged background, like studying in an international school or being exposed mm -hmm. to English from a very young age, they also propagate mm -hmm. the idea that IELTS could be something that is very easy, but it's not, it's far from Correct. the truth. It can be easy. It's a very mm -hmm. subjective talk, topic, right? It can be easy for a mm -hmm. person who is in all, uses the language a lot and is exposed to the language a lot, but it can be very difficult to a person who doesn't even know how to string a sentence together in English. And has a lot of confidence correct, issues correct. and still having doubts and insecurities about English and about grammar and all of the aspects of language. This one, yeah, this better. So, so <laughs> I have been noticing that, but I thought that you might be aware but of it. But that's okay. I use, I uh -huh. use my camera, so it's okay. All it's right. fine. It's on the all right. This one, this, this footage, I'm not going to use. I'm going to use on the camera. All right, all right. Yeah. So what about yeah. me? Hopefully it did not. What about well, you? you is fine. Okay. I'm going to use this one. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use this one. Okay. Uh, to, uh, to, to, in the video. So mm -hmm. basically the most important thing is the, um, the, the, the audio, you know, the mm -hmm. bark, the audio. Yeah. So, which you already have and which I already have. So mm -hmm. the most important thing. And if nothing else, I can just post the podcast only. Mm-hmm. Always, mm -hmm. always. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. I, I have two more questions for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay. The, the, the questions are very, I don't know if I can call it funny. It's not really funny. I'm sorry. Okay. I shouldn't be calling it funny. Okay. Because it's basically the real concerns, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but some people, like I have a student, I have a student, like she was good. Her English was good. But she told me that her friend mm -hmm. told her mm -hmm. that if she did not have a British accent, she would not get a high score. Okay. Is it true? Not at all. Because accent is not mm -hmm. one thing that they prioritize within speaking. We all come from different parts of the world and English is a global language. Even though it, ha it has its origins within Britain and America and all of that. I and I don't know. What is the exact history? So I'm not going into that in detail, but it's a global language and we all speak with different influences of our own language uh, on our own mother tongue on English, right? So we all have some sort of accent. For example, I'm from India, so I have an Indian accent. And within India itself, we have different accents because we come from different mm -hmm. parts. We have different languages in India. So because of Correct. the same, we have influences on our English 
based on which part of India we are from. So similarly, I think different people from different parts of the world have different influences on the language. So accent is not at all a priority. Uh, but definitely pronunciation does matter a lot within speaking. Because if you're not pronouncing the words correctly, and if you're having too much of an influence while you're speaking, and the other person is not able to understand what you're pronouncing or what the words, words are that are pulling from your mouth, then that could affect mm -hmm. your score. For sure, that could affect mm -hmm. your score if the examiner is not able to understand because you are having some pronunciation mistakes within your mm -hmm. speaking. Then that could affect your mm -hmm. score and not it's not about the accent. You don't have to fake an accent. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't have to speak in a certain way. Especially even the examiners are not just Britishers. I would say they are from different parts of the world itself. So they are exposed okay. to different types of English as well, different accents as well. So that's not the top priority. Instead, I would say, if they are not able to comprehend what you are saying because there is an issue with your pronunciation, then definitely that would affect your score. Mm -hmm. So that's what yeah. I believe in. Now, I would like to hear your thoughts on the same. <laughs> of course, I, I strongly agree with this. And that's why I think it's uh, the person who believes in, you know, having a British accent to have a higher score in IELTS speaking should really check the criteria to assess a speaking performances. Yeah. You know, because there is nowhere it is said that you need to have a British accent and even mm -hmm. American accent. Yeah. Right. So let me just make it very clear. So you have a lot of countries mm -hmm. that speak English, mm -hmm. you know, that, the, whose people speak English mm -hmm. as uh, the first language. Yeah. Like a lot of people in, in the U.S., like the majority of people in the U.S. speak English mm -hmm. as their first language, mm -hmm. right? In Australia, in New Zealand, even like in India, I know that there are families and there are people who only speak English, mm -hmm. right? They they speak English at home, they speak English outside with friends, mm -hmm. and they also speak English at school, mm -hmm. right? So there are different countries that, you know, the, the first language is, is English. Mm -hmm. So why do you think that only British, the, the British accent would give a high score? Yes. Right? So that's, that was really like a misconception. Mm -hmm. And also it raises a big concern for me is because, so when I started learning English, when I, 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 I didn't speak English until I, I reached, I think 21 years old. Wow. Yeah. So before that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. before that, I, I could read a little bit of English. Mm -hmm. I understood a lot of grammar mm -hmm. in English because English was a subject at school. Mm -hmm. But I didn't speak a word of English mm -hmm. until I was 21 years old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I couldn't understand anything in English mm -hmm. until that point. So when the reason, the biggest reason that I, two biggest reasons actually, that stopped me from speaking English, first of all is accent. Mm -hmm. Okay. And secondly is grammar. Mm -hmm. So people actually looked at my grammar when I speak. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, ah, you are making a grammar mistake, right? <laughs> so your English is not good. So I got scared mm -hmm. and I stopped speaking. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the second thing is that when I spoke in English, I had an accent. Mm -hmm. I still have an accent now, but I was so ashamed of my accent mm -hmm. at the time mm -hmm. because people kept telling me that, oh, you have an accent, mm -hmm. you have an accent and you should change. That is the big, that was one of the biggest concerns for me when I spoke English. Um, so the breaking point for me was when I really, really tried to communicate with a foreigner mm -hmm. and I couldn't understand anything he said. Mm. Not because, it's not because I, I didn't know the words, it's because he had an accent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's because he had an accent and of all my life, I was like, I had been trying to associate myself with American English, you know, with British mm. English and things like that. That's why when I got a friend who spoke with a, with an accent, I found it difficult to understand, but it very difficult to understand. And that was a breaking point for me. And I realized that everybody has an accent, yes. you know, even people within England mm -hmm. have different accents. And different you know? accents. So yes. that's, mm-hmm. And that's why I stopped thinking so much about my accent and I started to speak more. And that helped me start speaking English, mm -hmm. right? So when I got the questions, like this question is like, so many people have asked me this question about British accent. Oh, if I don't have British accent, 
will I get a high score? I go, yes, you will get a high score. <laughs> Why are you even concerned about this? Right. Yeah. So, but there is a, there is a misunderstanding mm-hmm. between having an accent mm-hmm. and mispronunciation. Mm-hmm. So I live here in an Arab country where people speak Arabic as the first language, mm-hmm. right? So people, Arabic speakers mistake the P, P, mm-hmm. P sound mm-hmm. and the B sound. Mm-hmm. So I will pay, instead of saying I will pay, mm-hmm. they say I will pay mm-hmm. because that is an influence mm-hmm. yeah. from their mother tongue onto speaking English. Mm-hmm. But that is not because of accent. Mm-hmm. That is because they are mispronouncing the word. Yes. Right. So, of course, your strong accent would have some impact mm-hmm. on the way you speak English. But it, if, if you are mispronouncing the word because of your accent, that is mispronunciation. Mm-hmm. It's not because of your accent. Yeah. Right. So when you speak a language, even though you pronounce the word correctly, mm-hmm. you still have a little bit of accent in your speaking. Like in, in I know that Indian speak, uh, Indian people, the, you pronounce the R sound, yeah, yeah. the R sound, very strong, Strongly, right? Yeah. Right. Very, very strong. But other people, like you don't hear a lot of R yeah. like that in British accented people, mm-hmm. right? So that's, but it doesn't mean that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. It just means that you have an accent and it's reflecting on the way that you speak. It shouldn't be affecting your score because otherwise nobody, mm-hmm. nobody would get a nine mm-hmm. in IELTS. Yeah. Right. Because everybody who is, not everybody, but the majority of people who are taking IELTS mm-hmm. or who have taken IELTS are non-native speakers. They are from different right. parts so of the world just, with different just a little bit. Doesn't... Mm, it doesn't really matter how much you try, you still have a little bit of accent in the way you speak. Yeah. You can try as much as you can, but if you if you don't pay a lot of attention to it, the accent will still come out, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't really need to fake an accent. And I think it's very dangerous to s- spread this misinformation about, oh, you have to have an accent in order to get a high score in IELTS. Mm-hmm. And first of all, you don't need to. And secondly, even in speaking in real life, you don't really have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's discrimination in my opinion. So the last question we are going to discuss today is about the topics. So I know that, I don't know if you have received this kind of question or not, but I received it a lot when people ask me to predict some topics for them in IELTS speaking. So I'm someone who is all against predictions because I don't think Mm -hmm. that you can actually predict the questions beforehand itself. And I know there are lots of institutions who try to trick the students by saying that we can predict the questions that are about to come so that you can be prepared beforehand, but it doesn't work in that way. So the questions keep on changing every single day or within a period of a month, it keeps on changing. So you can't, and it will be on a rotating basis as well, most of the time. So you can't really predict what could be the question that you get. So only thing is that some students of mine recently Some of them have claimed that within their past IELTS attempts, what happened is that Mm -hmm. some of the questions that they already prepared for, thankfully it came in the exam and they were able to attend or attempt it in a little bit more prepared manner because of the same. Mm -hmm. But that I think would be a coincidence because there, I would say there would be a set of topics that are pretty common, right? Like you mentioned, maybe Mm -hmm. sports could be a common topic or technology could be a common topic or internet related questions are a common topic. So the questions, even though the topic could be seen, the questions could be different as well. I think Mm -hmm. because of that, it could be a coincidence that you get the same question within the exam. Other than that, I don't think predictions do work and don't, please don't get cheated on by people who are trying to sell you some prediction papers and instead start focusing on your skill sets that no matter what type of question that you have to encounter within the IELTS exam, you're prepared for that. Mm-hmm. You, you're prepared mm-hmm. with your that skill sets. Because IELTS is mm-hmm. not basically, it's not like any of the other exams that we used to have at school, right? Uh, for example, mm-hmm. if it's science, we could learn certain science topics and we would be tested on the same thing with the exam. But mm-hmm. for our IELTS exam, it's mostly the skill sets that are being tested, not the knowledge mm-hmm. or not the particular topics and all. So mm-hmm. you should be, in fact, able to answer regardless of mm-hmm. what type of question you get within IELTS. Mm-hmm. So I'm all against predictions. I'm not at all in support of predictions. And I really 
feel sorry for those students who spent money on it and tried to you know cheat the system even if it doesn't mm -hmm. work in that way mm -hmm. that is wow this is a, a very enthusiastic speech <laughs> I, I think I, I think I agree with you 100%. It's mm -hmm. like, so people are so worried about the topic mm -hmm. they, and they don't pay attention to the skill sets that mm -hmm. you are talking about, right? So the, so doesn't matter, really matter, right? So it doesn't matter if you know the topics or not. Mm -hmm. If you can't answer the question, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And again, there are so many topics in IELTS. How are you going to predict that? Yeah. It's just a lie. Mm -hmm. It's just a lie. It's mm -hmm. like a plain lie that the institutions are putting out to attract students and which I think is wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you know, who am I to say? Mm -hmm. It's up to you to, it's up to students mm -hmm. to actually believe in it or not. If you believe in it, it's on you. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So that is so great. So we had a very productive talk today and I think it cleared a lot of misconception mm -hmm. about IELTS. And I think that people are, will benefit a lot from our talk today. Right. So again, thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. And I would really love to have you in other episodes. We will talk about more topics and we will talk about more misconceptions. I, I really hope that people will listen to us. <laughs> That's right. That's the sign that you need to, you know. <laughs> Stop recording <laughs> my attention. My attention. Okay. okay. So, so I think we still have only two minutes, one and a half minutes for mm -hmm. this call. And I think that should be enough to say a little bit of thank you after that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you would be sending the link again or should I continue? No, 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 no. That's enough. You just say thank yeah, you yeah. again and so, then cut yes, it. Yes, 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 yes. So definitely thank you, Queen, a lot for inviting me to your show or podcast and I really loved talking to you about a lot of topics and I think I also got a clarity on several stuff especially related to what is the differentiation between maybe the mispronunciation and the maybe the accent so I did get a clarity on several stuff and I think your students and our students and commonly our audience will also get a lot of clarity from within our conversation and I really look forward to getting on another episode or another call with another topic where we can talk about the stuff related to IELTS in detail and in depth I would say. So thanks again for the opportunity and thanks again for listening to me and both of us I would say. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I'll see you later. Yeah.